You're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator. And he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Hello, East Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and you know, this is Heart Health Month. Yesterday was Go Red for Women, and heart disease is a global issue that remains the leading cause of death for both men and women in the United States. One person dies about every 36 seconds. So as I said, February is Heart Health Month, and this morning we're going to talk with you about the risks associated with heart disease and things you can do to lower your risks. That's really what's most important. Um, I'm going to have Dr. Jeff Johnson with us. He's a cardiologist over at at University Cardiology, been a longtime friend of the show, actually a very dear friend of, of mine and my wife's. In the second half of the show, we're going to be joined by the American Heart Association, to talk about heart health education and their programs. Dr. Jeffrey Johnson is a cardiologist and a clinical assistant professor of cardiology at the University of Tennessee. And Dr. Johnson and I have a couple of other passions. We're both uh, all about the Tennessee Vols and we're all, both all about music. Jeff is actually quite a pianist and singer and uh, we used to do quite a bit of music together back uh, several years ago with church. Good morning, Dr. Johnson. Welcome to More Living. It's great to have you back. Good morning, Jim. It's good to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, Jeff, February is Heart Health Month, and as I said, heart disease is the number one cause of death nationwide in both men and women. Almost one out of every four deaths is due to heart disease. Can you give us an overall definition of heart disease? Heart disease is a pretty broad subject, but in regards to the type of heart disease that we are talking about in February, we're usually referring to coronary artery disease. Uh, The heart uh, is a muscle, as most people know, and it's supplied by three major coronary arteries. These arteries all have branches. And then the disease of those arteries is what contributes to clinical syndromes such as angina pectoris or chest pain related to the heart, unstable angina, which is an unstable chest pain, and then, of course, acute myocardial infarction or a heart attack. So um, when we're talking about heart disease, especially in February and addressing risk factors, we're talking about coronary artery disease being the uh, blood supply to the heart muscle. Okay, now when we get outside of of that definition and we get into a broader definition through the rest of the year, what other things would you consider to be signs of heart disease? Well, those things all lead to um, probably still the number one cause of admission to the hospital is congestive heart failure. Um, 
once we have had problems with our arteries and developed blockages and sometimes need stents, sometimes need bypass, the heart muscle suffers and so we develop congestive heart failure. The other the other thing that I would say that's most common in relation to heart disease that we've already talked about would be an arrhythmia called atrial fibrillation, uh, where the top chambers of the heart get out of rhythm and there's different medication regimens that we use for that <clears throat> and other procedures that we use for that too. So really, uh, to be honest, I, you know, cardiologists, we're pretty simple, Jim. We just do mainly three things. We take care of blocked arteries, or heart failure or atrial fibrillation. There's some other things, but that really is, uh, the, the th those really are the three things that I see day in and day out. Now, most of us, when we think about the signs of heart attack, pressure, tightening in the chest, of arm, chest or in the arms, nausea, shortness of breath, maybe a cold sweat. Now, sometimes, Jeff, people have symptoms prior to a sudden heart attack, though. What are some signs that we can be looking for that something may be wrong? One of the things that we always say is that if you're having problems with exertion, uh, it's a time to see your doctor and be evaluated because exertion and problems related to exertion can manifest in different ways. Sometimes people just have shortness of breath and they don't really have chest pain with exertion. Sometimes people have what we call exertional fatigue. In other words, I used to be able to walk uh, the perimeter of my neighborhood twice every day, and now about halfway through the first lap, I've got to stop because I'm just give out, giving out. Um, I'm short of breath or I'm tired. Well, have you had any chest pain? No, I'm just so tired I can't do it anymore or I'm fatigued. Sometimes even breaking out in a sweat with activities that normally would not have caused you to break out in a sweat can be a reason for further evaluation by your primary care doctor or by your cardiologist. Um, those are some things. And we also mentioned, you're probably going to get into this, uh, it's commonly known that while women do have chest pain, um, women are also known to have more um, what, we, what we call atypical or non-cardiac sounding symptoms such as abdominal pain or fatigue or um, shoulder pain. Um, we're not exactly sure why women have more atypical symptoms, but if there's a change in activity tolerance, even with those types of symptoms, I always think it's a good reason to be evaluated. So mainly as we age, we just need to be very, very in tune to how our body responds to the different things we do in daily life, right? Yes. Um, I think that uh, being in tune to those uh, symptoms or lack of symptoms when we're active and what doing what we've always been able to do is important. And I'm sure you're going to get into this too, but addressing your risk factors, uh, which are um, the causes of coronary heart disease and then all those other things that we mentioned, that's what every person can do to be vigilant about their heart health. And that's what we're focused on, especially in February. Yeah. So let's dive into to causal, causal factors. So you know, there's there's lifestyle factors, and then there could be genetic factors. Would you say lifestyle factors is overwhelmingly the major cause of heart disease? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I guess the things, you know, when we talk about, you know, our weight, what our diet, smoking, 
What what would jump to the forefront of the top two or three lifestyle things that can really increase our risk for heart disease? I think the number one thing that can be addressed is uh, smoking. And I understand I'm very sympathetic with patients who have a long history of tobacco use. I always tell them the story about my dear late mother uh, who smoked until I was 12 or 13 years old. And uh, looking back on it, she really was addicted to the tobacco because when she made the decision to try to change, I remember her going through what we would call withdrawal, uh, shaking, crying, praying to God to help her break the habit and to take away the desire for the tobacco. I mean, she really went through withdrawal because she had smoked a long period of time. And then finally, thankfully, um, she was able to completely quit and became what I call a non-smoker. She didn't like to be around it. Um, it bothered her to smell it. She really became a typical non-smoker. But I, I'm sympathetic when I tell people I know it's not an easy thing to do, but that is the number one thing that can be done to reduce the risk of heart disease. The second thing that I would just say real quick would be if one is overweight and or sedentary, you didn't become that way overnight, but you can start today to at least make small changes. I say to people, I'm sure you'd love to lose 40, 50, 60 pounds. Let's start with five and then reassess things in two or three months because small uh, changes over time lead to big results. And so I would say stopping smoking, losing five to 10 pounds, at least as a start, and then at least beginning walking if you're a uh, healthcare provider thinks that you're safe enough to do that. Those three things are things that anybody can do today, Saturday, February 5th. Now, before we leave the smoking, Jeff, I have to ask you, you know that I love the occasional cigar. <laughs> how, how does an occasional cigar play into that? I know you're going to say, ideally, I wouldn't do that. Um, what, what would be your thought on that? I, I mean, I think I would ideally say that just because we have to say that. But we always say um, anything in moderation or occasion um, certainly is not, um, quote, unquote, going to kill you. I mean, I would say the same thing about uh, a big bowl of ice cream. I would say if you ate a big bowl of ice cream two or three times a day every single day, that is tr tragically horribly bad for your health. If uh, a couple of times a week you want to treat yourself to a dessert, I don't think that that's um, life-threatening at all. And I would say the same thing about the occasional cigar. I, uh, we get asked, uh, of course, about alcohol. Um, and so I, I'm a firm believer in balance in life. I do believe that excess, even of a good thing, is, uh, is sometimes harmful and something that we should be mindful of. Now, um, I'll tell you what, Jeff, we're going to get to our first break. I, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about daily activity. And then I also want to dive into the effects of COVID-19 on the heart and, and heart disease. So we're visiting with Dr. Jeffrey Johnson. He is cardiologist over at University Cardiology. It is Heart Health Month. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. 
Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. We're visiting this morning with Dr. Jeff Johnson. He's over at University Cardiology. Uh, over at the University of Tennessee Hospital, and he's been a great friend of the show for years, and he's great at kind of breaking things down and talking in plain English. And uh, Dr. Johnson, let's uh, l- let's get into the daily activity thing. You mentioned walking. We know that that lack of daily activity, li- li- living a sedentary lifestyle, causes potentially a lot of issues: high blood pressure, type two diabetes coronary artery disease, obesity, or just a few. Now, you're an avid runner, uh, but I know that's not for everyone. So you mentioned walking. What, what are some other things you would encourage or, or ways you would encourage our listeners to just get up and start being a little bit active? And I also want you, we've talked over the years about cumulative exercise and what that means over the course of a day. So can you just kind of walk us through how somebody can start to become more active. Absolutely, and um, I love, I'll start with this part first. I love that you mentioned the cumulative exercise. Cumulative exercise is your progressive amount of activity that you're doing during the day. An example would be walking up a flight or two of stairs if you're capable of doing that rather than riding the elevator. Another example would be if it's not bad weather, parking at the end of the parking lot uh, and walking all the way into the grocery store uh, rather than parking up close and um, making your way inside with just a very few steps. So cumulative activity is better for us than avoiding activity altogether. When it comes to uh, starting an exercise program such as walking, which is the best and probably I don't know if it's the best, it's the most common, it's the most universal and doable. I always love to tell the story of of my late uh, distant friend, uh, motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, who used to say that uh, years, 30 years before he died, he was overweight and so sedentary that he started an exercise program and the first day he made it to the mailbox and almost collapsed. The second day, he made it past the mailbox and down the street, and by gradually increasing his distance that he walked or ran every day, at the end of 30 days, he ran a mile, and then he turned into a lifelong runner for the rest of his life. So um, I just remember that. Some of us may say we can't make it past the mailbox, but if you try gradually and slowly, again, I think... um, clearing this or at least discussing this with your doctor or PA or nurse practitioner that you see for primary care is at least something good to think about doing. But then I encourage everybody to start today. I I wanted to say one more thing, though, Jim, about this cumulative exercise um, and then slowly starting an exercise program. I do say walking is good, but I think walking is good if it's reproducible. A lot of times people say they love to get outside and walk, and then patients will come in and I'll say, well, have you been walking? And they'll say, well, I would, but the weather has just been so bad for the past 
several uh, days and weeks, and I say, yeah, it's been cold and wet and rainy. And then they come back in six months, and I say, well, have you been walking? And they say, well, I would, and I'd love to, but it's been so hot. And um, <laughs> I just I just say to those people, we've got to find something that you can do on a regular basis. If you can't walk outside in the elements, which some people do, I have patients who walk 365 days a year, no matter what the weather is. But still, if you can't do that, go to the mall. I think that Westtown Mall still allows people to come in there and walk on a regular basis. Go to um, do your grocery stopping and then do some extra laps around the outside of your grocery store. Get a treadmill uh, and walk inside. Uh, something that's reproducible rather than something that uh, obstacles are going to get in your way pretty easily. Yeah, that's one thing Dee Dee told me in the fall, Jeff. She, we, we, We've been trying to get out and walk a little bit more, and uh, she's like, well, when it's cold, I don't, Jim, I don't want to have an excuse to not walk, so she bought herself a treadmill. So she would have something yeah. in the house that she could still walk because we're just trying to get in better habits. And I know, you that's know, good. as you know, I love to swim, and uh, I've kind of fallen out of habit. So just in the last two or three weeks, I've, I've made myself get back in the pool. But, you know, that does take a little bit more of a commitment. But I think, as you said, the thing, just committing to something we know we can do regularly, and then we just have to have a little bit of discipline. Yes, yes, we do. And then small disciplines, as you know, lead to greater results, um, whether it's exercise or reading the Bible or, or whatever. Um, um, I think if we start small, I, I'm just, I just don't want people to try to bite off more than they can chew and then get discouraged and say, well, I just can't do this. It's just start gradual is something that I really do try to implore my patients about doing. Yeah, that's a great Zig Ziglar story as well. Hey, let's talk about COVID-19. There have been reports about the effects of COVID-19 on heart health. And if you get COVID, some patients have had cardiovascular issues. But even more than that, the additional stresses of the pandemic, Jeff, can add to declining heart health. So have you seen an increase in patients presenting with heart issues since the onset of the pandemic? Yes, I will say that when the pandemic first started, um, one of the things that people talk about with not only uh, COVID-19, but practically any virus is the risk of what we call cardiomyopathy or myocarditis where the heart gets inflamed by the virus and severely weakened. And that is something that we were prepared to see a lot of. We have seen some of that, but probably not as much as what we anticipated at the very beginning. But what we have seen is more arrhythmias, namely atrial fibrillation. I, remember, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, and we've also seen wide swings in patients' heart rate and their blood pressures. I can't tell you the number of people that I've seen uh, in my office who are there because their blood pressures are low and their heart rates are high uh, or their blood pressure is hard to control. And they had COVID um, in the recent uh, past and now everything that used to be stable is all out of whack. And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds about why that potentially could happen, but we've seen much more of that. And then, then again, back to the age fibrillation thing, if you come in the hospital uh, or even get close enough to sick enough to come in the hospital, 
uh, with pneumonia, for example, that puts enough strain on the heart that um, atrial fibrillation is much more common. We see more atrial fibrillation now than we saw prior to the pandemic just because of the strain that uh, a systemic illness can put on the heart. Um, yeah, see much more of that. Are you concerned about the long-term impact on the heart? I am. I am. Uh, I think that there's probably things that we don't uh, know yet uh, that may manifest somewhere down the road. Uh, if anyone comes in and sees me because of recent COVID infection and they're still struggling with symptoms, and when we, we do do some at least non-invasive testing just to make sure their heart status is stable, and I tell them we probably should do this uh, if nothing else, annually, uh, maybe biannually. And again, uh, not to take away from the pandemic, but we've always done that with other uh, systemic viral illnesses that people have had in the past. Um, and it's very well known in the cardiology world that there is such a thing as viral cardiomyopathy um, that, that was very present in our world before the pandemic. And those people, even if their symptoms improve and their heart muscle function improves, we follow them over time because they are at higher risk of recurrence. Jeff, Jeff Johnson, cardiologist at University Cardiology. If, if there was the number one common misconception about heart health, what would you say that is? I would say people think that they're too young and they feel otherwise too well to have heart disease. And I can safely say that because I am on call this week, including today and yesterday. Unfortunately, we sent a 37-year-old female for open-heart bypass surgery. She did great uh, and well, but everyone was shocked when we saw horrendous multivessel coronary disease in a 37-year-old female. So if you have symptoms or you're concerned or have a family history, it does not hurt to be seen and be evaluated. And uh, Jeff, in the last half of this show, we're going to have on the American Heart Association, I know yesterday, Go Red Day for Women, uh, just the importance of, of bringing the attention of heart health to, to women. Could you just comment on that briefly? Yes, I think that we've done a better job over the past 20 years about this, but there still is this misconception that uh, heart disease is a man's disease. And as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's the number one cause of death in this country for men and women. And I always say to people, I've, I've had cancer involved in my family. I've very close people to me who have had breast cancer. I don't mean to take anything away from all that. And all of the work that is done by the American Cancer Society, I have supported for years in regards to that. But women die more commonly of heart disease, not of breast cancer. So, so thankfully, we have organizations like the American Heart Association and then, of course, with Heart Health Month even, that it's bringing more attention to that so that men and women can just be fully aware and eyes wide open of all the risks. Absolutely. Dr. Jeff Johnson. I'm thankful for the American Heart Association very much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dr. Jeff Johnson, great friend of the show, great friend of uh, Didi's and mine. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule today uh, to share with us some great tips for heart health.
Thank you, Jim. I always love talking to you and appreciate what you do with the show. And you, you folks take care. Thank you. That's Dr. Jeff Johnson. He's at University Cardiology over at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. When we come back, we'll have Kayla Smith on. She's with the American Heart Association. And we're going to talk about some of the great programs and initiatives that they work on to help promote heart health in the community. So stay with us. You're listening to more. Oh, we'll also have our dollars and cents segment. And we're going to talk about the current market volatility. So don't go away. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. We're on every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. and again from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch all of our shows, uh, our podcast on our website. This show on heart health will be podcast. uh, We'll have it up Tuesday afternoon. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. We're talking about heart health, and in a moment, we're going to have on Kayla Smith. She is with the American Heart Association. And we're going to talk about all the great programs and initiatives that they're doing to increase awareness in East Tennessee. However, before we do get back to Kayla Smith, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. Stocks have just had their worst month since March of 2020, so almost two years. You know, we saw market highs in 2021. Now we're seeing increased volatility. It's impossible to predict the future, especially in the short term. But you can prepare for market volatility. Now, the benchmark S&P 500 in January did briefly fall into correction territory, which means it went down more than 10%. Now, it did rebound in the latter part of the month, but it did it was down almost 6% in January, which, as I said, it made it the worst month since March of 2020. We could see more volatility amid disappointing corporate earnings and the Federal Reserve's policy to tighten monetary supply, including increasing interest rates. And in January, 75% of stocks in the S&P 500 were down for the month, and over a third of the stocks in the S&P 500 are down more than 10% since the start of 2022. Now, timing the market is very hard, and I don't recommend trying to do it. I have said for a couple of months, I think that it's likely in 2022 we see increased volatility in the market because we have so much uncertainty with recovery from the pandemic. We have Federal Reserve policy. We have some people staying out of the workforce forever. We have a difficult labor market. We have inflation. There's just a lot of uncertainty. But you know what? It shouldn't surprise us when markets become choppy and volatile because inevitably that's what stock markets do. The the key here is to have a financial plan 
that dramatically reduces the impact of short-term volatility on your planning. That's what you want. There is going to be volatility. We're going to have corrections. We're going to have bear markets, but we're also going to have market booms. I believe fundamentally we don't know when those things are going to happen before they happen, but we know they're going to happen. And in the long haul, that's your best way to beat inflation. But you can reduce the impact of short-term volatility. And the two biggest ways to do that are with your income plan, having income you can draw that's not in the stock market in the short term, and then having greater diversification of your investments that are at risk so you don't lose as much when the markets are down. Now that can be measured. You have to always balance risk and reward. Bottom line is having a plan that will reduce the impact of the inevitable volatility that we see in the stock market. That's our dollars and cents segment for this week. You can find this week's dollars and cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. You can follow us at BroganFinancial.com. We've got a lot of resources there. If you click on the resources tab, uh, we have a great new report out, Five Keys for Successful Planning in 2022. Uh, you can also, my next college class is at Pellissippi State Community College. This is adult education. If you're retired or getting close to retirement, it's on March the 3rd and the 10th. Thrive financially in retirement. Two Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Two, again, two two-hour sessions. I cover seven major topics. You can get a syllabus. Go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com, and you can also click to register. I've got more classes throughout the spring. You can get my entire class schedule at BroganFinancial.com and click on Classes. February is Heart Health Month, and our next guest is Kayla Smith. She's from the American Heart Association. She is the Development Director and works on some of their fantastic programs like Go Red for Women. Good morning, Kayla. Welcome to More Living. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. Um, it's a pleasure. It's great having you. We had Dr. Jeff Johnson on, a cardiologist. He's a big, uh, over at University Cardiology for the first half. He's a big fan of the American Heart Association, as I am. Um, let's dive in here. I mentioned it's, it, we, we all know this is Heart Health Month. Mm -hmm. Kayla, what is the primary mission of the American Heart Association? So our mission is to be a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives. So we're coming up on our 100-year anniversary, and for 100 years now, we've been fighting heart disease and stroke, striving to save and not only save lives, but also improve lives. That's a fantastic mission. I love the word relentless. I think that's a great <laughs> word to have in your mission statement. I haven't heard... Uh, charity. I mean, I, we're, we're, I'm a big fan of there's several charities we like to support, and I've never heard the word relentless in their mission statement. I think that's awesome. Uh, we, we keep it. <laughs> Go ahead, Kayla. I was going to say, you know, we, we try to keep it really simple, but the fact, and I heard Jim touching on this, Dr. Johnson, and he said, you know, cardiac disease, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of all Americans, and it's the number one killer of everyone worldwide, which is is staggering. So we, we definitely have our work cut out for us, but we've been making improvements um, and we continue to, to fight this every single day through our work. Now you work on the Go Red for Women campaign. 
What I are do, some of the major yes. reasons behind focusing on women's heart health? I mean, Dr. Johnson got a little bit into that, but from your perspective, talk to us about the importance of bringing the yeah. eye to women's heart health. Absolutely. So Go Red for Women came about in 2004, and really it, it was an awareness initiative. Um, women were not aware that their number one killer was <laughs> cardiovascular disease. Um and so we wanted to raise awareness about that. And it has really uh, morphed over the last 17 years into this national movement where women come together to raise awareness, to um, educate, and to treat cardiovascular disease. So it's its own initiative. Anybody that gives to the Go Red for Women initiative through the American Heart Association, 100% of their donation is going to um, research in cardiovascular disease in women. Um, so that's how it came about. And, you know, it's, I, I like to tell people, you know, if you think about, you know, think about three important women <clears throat> in your life, and one of them statistically is going to die of cardiovascular disease. So we say that even losing one woman to cardiovascular disease is too many. Yeah, that's a great word, and that's something that Dr. Johnson's been so good with us over the years at trying to bring attention to that, and the Go Red campaign has been so great for that, too. Now, let's talk a little bit about Kayla. Uh, the American Heart Association stated that experts say the effects of COVID-19 are likely to influence cardiovascular health and mortality rates for many years, mm -hmm. directly and directly, and as a result of increased lifestyle-related risks during and after the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about this and how people can reverse these effects? Sure. So, you know, I think that with the pandemic, you know, people are obviously very tired and it has really influenced people's behaviors over the, the last few years. And one in five people are reporting lower physical wellness. Um, one in three people are reporting lower emotional wellness. People are stressed out. Um, even people who have had mild cases of COVID-19, it could still impact um, their heart and brain health. So that all plays a difference into your long-term cardiovascular health. If you're less physically active, then you're more likely to have cardiovascular disease. If you are more stressed out, we know stress is a huge factor in cardiovascular disease. So that's where you're going to continue to see the long-term effects of COVID-19, whether or not you had a serious or a mild case or no case at all, it still is influencing your health. So that's kind of, I heard you speak on American Heart Month, and that's really where American Heart Month comes into place. Um, and we have a cool mission, or we have a cool um, focus this year. It's called Reclaim Your Rhythm. And um, it's, where we are telling people, you know, it is time to take back control of your physical health and your mental well-being. And we're using um, music as our inspiration. Mm. And so we want people to just create simple habits that give everyone their best chances at a longer and healthier life. Um, and so on, if you go to the heart.org website, Reclaim Your Rhythm provides tips and tools to help you take back control of your health, get you going, and keep you on track. Um, through reducing stress, getting back into your uh, active lifestyle, cooking healthy, taking care of your blood pressure, and then also learning hands-only CPR, which is such an important skill that every single person should know. Yeah, actually, that's, that's interesting because we're talking about it at, at our company, Brogan Financial, for our clients. Once the things die down from Omicron, we're talking about doing a town hall on CPR 
Uh, I think it's oh, yeah. just a great skill for people to have. Um, it's very important. Good. And, you know, it's something that it's truly anybody can learn it. And you never know when you're going to need it. I was at a diner eating a couple of weeks ago, and there was a, an older gentleman that, you know, he just slumped over in his seat sitting right there. And nobody but me knew CPR in the entire diner. And it was it was packed. So, Thankfully, I didn't have to use it. He came too, and um, he ended up being okay. But you just never know when you're going to be in that situation. Well, that's a great word. I have a friend that's a, a uh, he's a trainer, and he was just a couple of weeks ago. He was at an event where a guy got choked on his food and could not make any sound at all. And everybody else, okay. at, uh, there were a couple of tables of about eight, eight to ten people each, and nobody, everybody just kind of was in kind of paralyzed by it. So my mm-hmm. friend actually got up and was like, well, I guess I better do this. And so he got up and he was able with, it took him a little bit of time, but he was able to use the Heimlich maneuver to get, um, to get the guy choked. And the guy afterwards was like, man, you saved my life. Yeah, Which he obviously absolutely. Did. Everybody can learn it. There's so many resources online. If you just, you know, Google hands only CPR, we have a ton on our website as well. I do want to mention briefly, Kayla, on the lifestyle factor since COVID, you know, so many of us have been more sedentary. We were sitting around our houses more, especially the year of it. You know, I, I put on 15 or 20 pounds and mm-hmm. um, it's amazing the, the my doctors, when I go in and I say, yeah, you know, I've put on 15 pounds since, since I call it the COVID 15. And, you know, they kind of just, they, they've kind of, a lot of times have just kind of like, yeah, so many people have done that. So mm-hmm. I think at some point we've got to say, you know what, I'm going to get more active. I'm going to start eating better and I'm going to, cre- and mm-hmm. I'm going to try to change these lifestyle factors. Absolutely. And, you know, now is the, the time we're really encouraging people during the month of February. This is where you see people um, kind of fall off of the New, Year, New Year's resolutions, right? So we're trying to tell people through this reclaim your rhythm, just create, if you just create simple steps, you know, maybe if you don't exercise right now, can you just commit to exercising three times a day this week for 30 minutes? And that's better than what you did last week. And then you'll build upon that, you know, create that habit and you'll, you'll build upon it. Can you start introducing, you know, a new vegetable on your dinner plate every single night? Um, if you are going to have that, you know, real hearty pasta, maybe pair it with a salad and eat the salad first. So you don't eat as much as the pasta, you know, what are just some simple things that you can do to be healthier and to really be a better version of yourself? Because if you're mentally healthy, physically healthy, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to have so much more energy. You're going to sleep better and your whole life is going to improve. We're going to get to our last break. When we come back, we'll have more from Kayla Smith with the American Heart Association, including their new initiative on focusing on nutrition and food insecurity. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. We're discussing heart health here here on More Living. You can only hear us on News Talk 98.7 WOKI every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. and again at 3, 3 to 4 p.m. 
We have Kayla Smith, who is with the American Heart Association. Uh, and Kayla, I mentioned before the break there, but the American Heart Association has a new initiative that is focusing on nutrition and food insecurity. Tell our listeners about this program. Yeah, so we really started getting into the community impact space here in Knoxville a couple of years ago because the American Heart Association realized that if we were really wanting to change people's habits, wanting people to live healthier lifestyles, we kind of had to create the root problem of of some of the issues that we're having at home. And so we realized in, in Knoxville that, you know, people were not food insecure, they were nutrition insecure. So nutrition insecure and food insecurity are are very different. They didn't have access to healthy, nutritious foods because we have 15 food deserts in Knox County. And um, for anybody that doesn't know, a food desert is an area that has limited access to affordable and nutritious foods. Um, So we decided to do a lot of work on nutrition security here in Knoxville. Um, and we're doing that through, we, we don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? There's so many wonderful community partners in Knoxville. Hey, Kayla, that are doing Kayla great. can you can, define that for us, nutrition security and insecurity? Yeah, so nutrition security is um, people that have access to healthy, um, nutritious foods is nutrition security. But food security is people that just have access to food, period. So that might be like, um, you know, McDonald's or fast foods or, you know, some of the shelf-stable foods that you see that are really high in sodium, not always very healthy. Okay. So go go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, that's, that's a great question. And so we really try to go in and work with community partners that are doing great work and see what their needs are and fill in those gaps. So we're doing that right now by providing cold food storage. So we got a grant where um, we're able to give uh, some of the, the um, food banks in Knoxville um, cold food storage so that a lot of them didn't have refrigerators. So they could hold those shelf-stable foods, but they couldn't have um, – you know, fresh vegetables and meats and and dairy. So through providing refrigerators and freezers, they can now stock those items for people that come into their food pantry to grab and take home and cook with them. Um, We learned at one food pantry that their number one item that they they eat is Vienna sausages because it has the pop top and it's just really easy to go. So we're trying to just create simple solutions for people um, so that they can have access to healthier foods. Yeah, that's that's very, very important. Hey, Kayla, we only have about a minute or so left. How can someone get involved with the American Heart Association, either with their time to support the association or with their money? Yeah, so they can do so by um, going to our website, heart.org, or they can um, always email me. My email is kayla.smith at heart.org, and I can link them up with all of the resources that they need. That's fantastic. Kayla Smith with the American Heart Association, thank you so much for being with us and spending time out of your busy schedule to talk about the great initiatives of the American Heart Association. Thank you for having me, Jim. It's it's an honor to be here. It's great having you. That's Kayla Smith, American Heart Association. Also, thanks to Dr. Jeffrey Johnson over at University Cardiology as he, he discussed heart health the first half of this hour. Such an important thing, number one killer in America is cardiovascular disease for both men and women. Today we've discussed your health. 
because greater health provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Check us out online for all the resources we have to help you with your retirement life at broganfinancial.com. You can also check our upcoming class schedule. My next is at Pellissippi State on March the 3rd and the 10th. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on classes. Thank you to Chris for engineering the board. Thank you to Jill producing the show. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on the News and Talk of East Tennessee, News Talk 98.7, WOKI. Have a very blessed weekend. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.